0: People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. And gentlemen, welcome to another edition of your 20 by 20 ring crew. I'm Joe. I'm here with my brother Matt. Matt, what's going on, man? Hey, what is going on? Episode 113's going on, Matt, and uh we're going to begin with the elephant in the room, so to speak, and uh we're going to talk some AEW, A- more specifically AEW Revolution, the pay-per-view that happened uh, for us this past weekend. Um, and it was, it's available over on fight. You can get that, uh, replays and whatnot over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F I T E for those who want to spell that correctly. Um, <laughs> get yourself, uh, a fight account. And as long as you do it with, a uh, a, as a new subscriber, so use a brand new email. Uh, we're gonna give you credit towards uh, a future fight purchase. How about that? Sound good? Deal to me. Excellent. So, with <laughs> with that being said, where the <laughs> fuck do you want to begin? Now, I'm you know kayfabe here. I did not watch the pay per view in its entirety. I watched highlights and clips, but I did watch the final match, the exploding barbed wire match. Other than that, it was just. Bits and pieces here and there. I know you watched the the pay
1: per view in its entirety. I did. I did. You were telling me you're going to give it like a a B, B minus. About a B minus. Okay. Yeah. It's. I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of good that you can take from the actual card, but uh, I think it drops the ball in 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 a number of ways, and I I think. Let's start with the the most obvious one. Let's start with the main event, the match that you actually watched, the one that everyone's talking about. Are you sure you want to start with that? I want to start there because I'll, I'll segue to some good stuff after that. Because, okay. <laughs> because the, the the match that we're we're obviously we're talking about is the exploding barbed, barbed wire, wire death, death match. match. Kenny Omega uh, defending the AEW World Championship against John Moxley. The match goes about twenty six minutes. You get uh, you got some explosives happening during the, the ring. You had some barbed wire. You had some good spots. You had some weird spots. You had some an annoying ex- commentary. An exploding barbed wire baseball bat. Exploding barbed wire baseball bat. I forgot about that. Yeah, you saw a chair that not only like folded but like it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you saw some magic as well. Uh, That was pretty cool. It's always cool to see a magic trick in a wrestling match. Overall, the match for me, and maybe my partner would disagree with me on this, but the match was better than I thought it was going to be. With that being said, I'm just going to say it right now, and then we we can go more into details with this. Anytime that you have and I'm not, I'm just talking about the match itself, I'm not talking about the what's happening after the match. Okay. Anytime that you deal with things like explosives, or we've seen it with electricity, <laughs> or I don't even—it's not even fair to even put this in, this, in the in the category of this, but like removing body parts such as eyes. Oh, that's right. You put the wrestling business in at risk for being overly fake
0: yeah
1: and I understand wrestling is prescripted it there is a level of fakeness to it but correct me if I'm wrong just like if you were to watch a movie the goal is for you to buy the story of what's happening to buy what's happening as if it's as if it wasn't fake because if you are watching something that is blatantly fake like bad acting for example you're clearly being like I'm watching somebody pretending to be a character instead of saying wow I really believe Tony Stark just saved the fucking world and risked his life by doing it or sacrificed his life by doing it mm-hmm. you get that emotional attachedness Professional wrestling has to be that too, in the, in the sense of you have to believe that when these guys are putting themselves through hell, it really is hell. And sometimes it is. Sometimes you know, you know, it, it, or in this case, if if for sure was, I mean, you, you still are dealing with barbed wire. Even even if it's dull, dull barbed wire still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a really not a nice way of going through it, but you deal with explosives. And explosives for anybody that's had a you know Fourth of July mishap, for example, you know what kind of damage that can happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You could lose a lot of skin and a lot of blood. You could lose limbs. Yep. So before anybody jumps down our throats, like, oh, there's going to be these guys. What did you, what did you fucking want them to do? Blow people, blow people up? No, I don't want anybody blown up. And that's precisely my point here. We all knew that that was not going to happen, or at least purposely wasn't going to happen. So my challenge way before the match ever happened was, how do you make it believable? The answer is they didn't. Not even in the match. I credit good selling at points. The, the and, and maybe he had smoke in his eyes. Maybe he did. But the Kenny Omega needing water in his eyes, that seemed like a, a good sell. Again, if, if he had wa- a, a legit smoke in his eyes or something in his eyes, I do apologize. That was, then that was real. But more than likely, it's a sell. Good sell. He's doing his job. But again, as I'm sitting here on my couch watching it, I'm having a hard time buying into what's happening. The barbed wire part, even the barbed wire bat, I am believing that. The chair, the disappearing chair, that fucking John Moxley went through when he got uh, hit with the one winged angel. That was to me that was like the most excruciating part of that match because that that shit looked like it was hurt. Like it hurt. <laughs> besides besides the uh, the paradigm shift onto the the board on the okay. outside, because again, they' you know Kenny Omega had a pretty nasty fall from that height too. Um, but still, the explosive part. So the the first word in the match exploding was never anything fantastic for me and that's going to be the hot topic here but i just i wanted to start off first by reminding everybody that joe nor myself expected anybody to be blown up nor wanted that because that's the first thing that people go towards when you start arguing your point what did you what did you want them to do (laughs) <laughs> I personally wanted them to not do an exploding match at all. Yeah, I, I think it was uh,
0: what's the word I want to use? Uh, I think it was a little too ambitious on their part, to, yeah. be, to be honest. And, you know, so here's the thing you you take a match like that and take it take it face value, right? You have Kenny Omega, tell John Moxley, I'm gonna beat you at your own game, exploding barbed wire death match. Right? That's all you had to say. But all that time leading up to the match. Now you've got them talking about Onita and those those matches, all the Onita exploding death matches. Mm-hmm. You don't sit there knowingly you don't sit there knowingly mention things like that if you're not going to try to live up to that hype you just don't yeah I agree and and that's I think that was their biggest mistake I think that was their biggest mistake with this is because it's almost like false advertising at that point and the match hasn't even began yet but they already know how it got booked. Now, again, you know I I'm gonna agree with Matt here. Nobody wanted anybody blown up. I'm not looking for anything super hardcore or whatever. If you go back and watch all those Onita matches, doesn't matter who he's against. There was there was strategy involved in those matches whether you agree with me or not. I mean, you know, him versus Funk, it's not like they were just blatantly throwing each other into barbed wire. There was a struggle to stay away from the barbed wire. And that's part of the match or that at least that should be part of the match. And then when a spot happens, make it worth your while, make it count. And that's another thing about this Omega Moxley match. It seemed like when they did have the opportunities to, to, to fully um, capitalize off of what was going on, they just they didn't. Uh, you know, the paradigm shift onto the board, the moment that thing supposedly exploded, I think that should have been the precursor, the, 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 the clue that hit everyone like a ton of bricks... As to how the ending was going to go.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: You know? Yeah. Because if that didn't work, what makes you think a a much larger explosion is going to happen, you know,
1: without any issues? And I think a lot of people, including myself for a little bit, kind of bought into, or not, I didn't buy into it, but I I, I would say kind of just didn't give a shit about the exploding part. Or we even thought about it because I thought that spot was good without the exploding. Yeah, and that's the thing.
0: Like credit to those two guys; they didn't need the exploding part, right? Because we've seen them go with barbed wire before, and that worked like a charm. And that last match,
1: that last match was a lot better. In my opinion,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So you have all that working against the match already, and then we get down to the. The ending of the match, and here's where it gets so wishy-washy, you know. So you see Eddie Kingston come out, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and obviously he sells, he sells the gigantic explosion that's supposed to happen, although it doesn't. It
1: comes off as like uh, an amateur fireworks setup. Yeah, I mean Eddie, Eddie Kingston, he comes out. After Omega wins the match, Omega and the good brother continue to beat up on Moxley, handcuff him and uh, handcuff him and then leave him uh, unconscious. the countdown's coming. Eddie Kingston's kind of like what the fuck can't do this and he plays the reluctant hero if you will because you remember Kingston and Moxley are beefing on on screen and he plays the reluctant hero and says and, and decides to throw himself on top of his former friends to save him from this. And then, what was supposed to be the Fourth of July finale happens. Sorry for all the Fourth of July references here. (laughs) And what we got was like bottle rockets (laughs) (laughs) and sparklers. Sparklers, and and what happens? Well, Eddie. Nobody told Eddie Kingston to stop selling. He's he's laying there unconscious. Or, you know, selling to be unconscious because there was this giant explosion.
0: Yeah, I mean, he clearly heard a boom, but, you know, because he's selling, he doesn't know to what extent it is necessarily, so he just kept selling. I mean, he did the right thing because for him to to break kayfabe at that point, like, it would have just... It would have made the situation that much
1: worse for everybody involved, but... Well, my thing is this: there was plenty of referees coming into the ring. Now, if if none of those referees had an earpiece, well, that's AEW's fucking bad booking there because yeah. a referee should always have an earpiece in to kind of dictate the action. That's kind of their job. Mm-hmm. Audrey is, is Audrey or Aubrey. I can't remember which one it is, but she comes in and you know to after the explosion happens we'll just call it an explosion. (laughs) (laughs) She comes in and at that point somebody should have been telling her in your ear of what the what the play is. We're changing the play. So instead tell tell Kingston like this is what you need to do. Tell Moxie this is what we need to do. You know you you don't so you could have had Kingston slowly kinda wake up and you know, like look around, like oh, it I guess it wasn't as bad as we thought it was, and then Moxley hit the hit the mic like he did for the the post show for the live crowd, you know he he says you know Kenny Omega is one tough t- one tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding barbed wire match <laughs> worth of shit. That that works. That that very much works. It it it, it makes it makes up for a, a dud because. Live TV and I look Joe and I we've been watching this since you know since since before you can ever fucking think of and we know that live TV whether it's pro wrestling whether it's anything things go wrong and if that was not supposed to happen if you were supposed to get a bigger bigger explosion you didn't you got to prepare you have to prepare I don't I don't make any excuses I get. I get the whole argument, oh, Matt, hindsight's twenty twenty and all that stuff. No, no, no. No, there's no hindsight in live TV. You prepare for this kind of shit. I would. You got to have a backup plan. You got to have a backup plan. One thing that I've always loved about Triple H, when he, when he talks about booking, is that there's always a plan B. And you have to live and die by that.
0: Unless you're being handcuffed to some... Stage scaffolding and
1: yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not letting that one go. But but, but that's 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 exactly my point though. Where yeah. we we talked about that for the for the Royal Rumble, where somebody should have been like, don't send that fucking referee to count for one, and and two, or or two, ha- have him do that. But Rome, but be in arms' rank, length of Roman, and he grabs you and he pulls you into the. The scaffold, and you you sell him doing that. Yeah. Again, it. These are the kind of things that happen. the The, the best thing you can do again is don't use real handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the the situation with with Moxley and and, and and Kingston, like whether it's Tony Khan or or whoever it is that's playing Gorilla or whatever they call it in the AEW, somebody needs to be there to say shit this is what we're doing we're going plan b we're going with this or whatever nobody did that nobody told eddie kingston to stop selling it because they they leave them in the ring for about a good three minutes before it cuts off air and they're finally getting into the ring and they're rolling eddie kingston over and he's still knocked out now moxley makes sense because he just got his ass whooped by three guys fine he's believable Eddie Kingston should not be unconscious. There's no reason why he's unconscious. And it makes... It just made for a very bad ending to that show. I told Matt they should have had...
0: The Good Brothers and Omega step back out with Don Callis. And put the situation over as... Like they were joking all along. And they were mocking Moxley at his his hardcore style or his deathmatch style right. and all this shit and that way when they came out laughing at him and like oh ha 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 this was this was our plan all along to make you look hokey i would have bought that
1: yeah that's you know? a, that's another that's
0: another thing you could have done i would have bought that it uh, them while they were out there them mentioning that it caused eddie kingston to faint I would have bought that. Now, I don't know where they would have went after that with Eddie Kingston, you know, I mean, but I would have bought that he fainted, because he was so succumbed to what was supposed to happen. And he got nervous and he fainted. I would have bought that. Sure, sure. But they didn't do any of that. And then what makes it (laughs) even more convoluted now is, you know, we've had Tony Khan come out, and I don't have the... um, the quote verbatim here, but you know, he came out and tried to save face and he said it was all Kenny Omega's fault because Kenny Omega's the one that built the the, the ring setup and everything. Yeah. So he
1: built it with a screwdriver and a hammer is what he said.
0: So he's clearly trying to save face and, and what 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 originally was this botched ending He's trying to make up for now with his words, and now he's saying that the everything will be sorted out on the next episode of AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Okay, that still doesn't work for anybody at this point, because right. now the internet
1: has had a field day and a half yep. with all of this. We're talking 72 hours in between yeah. the pay-per-view and Dynamite. Yeah. That's a long time. You might as well have thirty days. <laughs> yeah, you know. And the day there used to be a time where you, that was plenty of time, but not not not, not on the day no. of the internet anymore. No Hell no! Thank you, social media. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and to make matters worse, you know, I
0: just I just heard a report um, talking about how there's reports going around again. This is just rumor at this point, but that Kenny Omega is like completely pissed and fuming about the match, the ending of the match being botched. So, with all that said, if that's true about Kenny Omega being pissed off, that just, they're copying, whether they want to or not, they're copying to them botching the end of the match. And Tony Khan's not going to be able to get, you know, he's not going to be able to say or do anything to get out of it now. Whereas, they had a small window of opportunity to possibly slip one by us. But, now that now that shit has hit the fan there's really only so much you can do to to pick up the pieces and go home with and I don't I don't I really don't know what to say beyond this because it's like you don't want to sit there and, and entertain those people that all along and be like AEW shit blah 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 because hey shit happens it does but I also don't want to sit there and entertain the fanboys of AEW who see no fucking wrong with what went on.
1: Yeah. And believe me, they're
0: out there. I've I I've seen plenty of comments over the weekend to be like, "What the fuck are you people smoking?" Because clearly, you you and I did not watch the same fucking match. <laughs> so.
1: It also doesn't help, you know. Tony Khan, I get he's the owner of the company and he feels he can do whatever he wants, and you know, I guess theoretically he can but just because you can doesn't mean you should also in his comments he's also attacking fans well what do you what do you want us to do he's one of those people what did you expect you want us to blow people up again tony no but we we want you to live up to what you're selling us you know if you're selling if you're selling a ferrari you you better give me a ferrari or i don't want it even if i didn't pay for a ferrari (laughs) <laughs> you're selling me. You're selling me a Ferrari. Right. That's what you're advertising me. You, it better be that, and it wasn't that. So that's my problem, Tony. And, and you're not owning up to it. You're not owning up to it, and you're not fixing it. You have. You're saying one thing. You got Kenny Omega saying another thing. And Kenny Omega's just not anybody. He's the fucking VP, executive VP. Like, and he's your world champ. And he's your world champion. There should be some kind of communication. There should be I'm, something.
0: I'm hoping that they somehow pull a, a a magic
1: rabbit out of a hat on Wednesday. Because... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let us know how our predictions are. But I don't... I mean, because by the time you hear this episode, it's going to be after the fact. But I'm, I'm also... I'm curious, because usually we're, we're pretty spot on with these things. And it's unfortunate sometimes. It is unfortunate being right all the time, I'm telling you. But, <laughs> but I just, I don't, I don't see how you, how you fix this problem. The best thing you can do, I think, right now is, is kind of just accept it for what it is and try to rewrite a wrong. Not by, not by touching on the exploding bar bar match, but whatever the next thing is, you fucking knock it out of the ballpark.
0: That's a very good point. Thank you. I'm glad you said that because, yeah, that that's going to have to happen. Otherwise, guess what? Your, your buy
1: rate is going yeah. to go – be it's going to become the drizzling shits. So I was <clears> – <throat> I had a really good, relaxing weekend <clears throat> leading into – That's uh, always good. Yeah, it was. It was a really good weekend. Knocked out a, you know, a couple of video games by to I mean a B, so I, that was also good too. Uh, you know, and and Sunday morning comes along – I'm meeting meeting my cereal, watch some cartoons, and I'm just like, you know, should I should I order the pay per view tonight? I mean, I know I got the podcast and I try to be current and everything, but it's fifty bucks. And I got the money, but you know, sometimes I'm kinda of tight with my money. Well, and, fifty
0: bucks is still fifty bucks,
1: 50, man. Yeah, fifty bucks is like, am I am I going to be entertained fifty dollars worth of entertainment? And and the, quite honestly, I don't think I was, but Here's the thing, Tony Khan. You, unlike the WWE, you don't have your own network. And and this is before Peacock. Let's just let's just call it WWE Network right now. Okay. Because I do want to talk about yeah, that, too. Yeah, we can talk about that, too. I got some choice words to say about that transition. <laughs> but, um, you know, WWE Network, it's selling their, their pay-per-views for $10 a month on top of you know, over the top programming, you know, like, you know, very similar to Netflix and et cetera. If you don't have WWE network, you can still go through, uh, especially, uh, those who are in the international market, cause it's going to stay the same. Yep. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE network. It's all one word. Um, uh, I, I don't like saying this as far as like trying to push advertisements or sponsors. But again, if you are in the U S um, I would not do that right now because yeah. they're they're transitioning over, and we'll have more details on that absolutely as we get closer. Um, <clears throat> as well as you know, everything's going to be on the brand new website. We are getting still closer to uh, uploading that and getting everything live, and we'll talk more about that uh, before we close off this episode. But again, WWE Network has it ten bucks a month. So if they have duds of pay per views, which they do, they have quite a few of them. They still are selling everything else. Impact Wrestling, for the most part, yes, they still have pay-per-views. But they, their, their monthly shows, their monthly specials are doing, it's on Impact Plus. You can get it for $8 a month. Perfect. AEW doesn't have that. I understand they're not doing monthly pay-per-views. They're only doing quarterly pay-per-views, roughly. But still, you're selling me a product for $50. This shit can't happen. All right <laughs> <laughs> you know for everyone that's defending it well you know things happen I get that but I'm still paying for this
0: yeah you figure four four pay-per-views a year yeah 200 bucks for a year mm-hmm. still WWE at, at 10 bucks a month that's 120 dollars a year yeah. for much more content mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's all great content but content nonetheless. Yeah. There's,
1: you know,
0: Impact 8 bucks a month. Yeah. You know, times 12. I, I don't know what that works out to be. 96 bucks. 96 bucks. There
1: you go. Not even $100. Not even $100. Every, you know, basically everything that that Impact and TNA has ever done, you know, the the, the phenomenal I love the phenomenal NWA pay-per-view, NWA TNA pay-per-views that were on I used to I used to always want to order them, but I was you know too young to order myself. And Cheerbox era was no longer a thing, so <laughs> I missed out on that. I didn't really get to watch TNA until they were on uh, Fox Sports Network. Remember that?
0: I do remember
1: that. Um, Friday afternoons after school too It was a weird, it was a weird <laughs> time. But uh, man, that, that's my point. Like I'm I'm paying way too much money for you to. Not only botch the ending, but then to be like, "Well, what the fuck do you want from me? I want my money's worth."
0: Yeah, cause that's because <laughs> that well, that's what you're trying to sell me on to begin yeah. with. Yeah, well, we're gonna give you your money's worth the moment you mm-hmm. you you click to to um, buy the paper. Piece. Right now, really quick before we get into anything else further, sure, sure,
1: sure.
0: I know they botched the ending. Yep we've already commented on on the match itself yes I, I do want to take the time to say like it it's not like we are not appreciative of their efforts during the match oh, I mean, yeah 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 it, it you it still takes you know quite a bit of balls to get in there with any kind of barbed wire or mm-hmm. any kind of explosion you know and, and and for that hey kudos to those guys I agree. But you have to, you, you as a fan, any fan is, is what I'm talking about. Any fan that watched that match, anybody that watched that match, you can't help but leave that at the end of the night with a sour taste in your mouth. Right. And if you tell me any different, then you're, you're clearly either not paying that much attention or you're a fanboy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, that's all there is to it that's really all there is to it bar none because you should have a sour
1: taste in your mouth the match itself was fine you know even the the cheap ending with, with the good brothers coming out it, it was fine because you're selling the heel omega the bullet club the bullet club right what do you think they do right and we've <laughs> seen them ruin entire <laughs> fucking tournaments
0: in Japan like
1: yes yes you know and that's and that, all that works all that works but it's just, <laughs> it didn't leave me with that wow factor that you saw previously in the previous hardcore matches or whatever, you know, lights out match. And that's, that's to me, that's the biggest disappointment out of that because we, we, we knew going into this match that Omega and Moxley had the chemistry to pull off A match of this magnitude, but it was just too gimmicky to overcome, and that's the that was the most disappointing part of it. I said it before the match, and I said after the match, it wasn't needed. The explosives were not needed. It was too much. I mean, just a death match, man. Can you imagine just the spots? You take away all the gimmicky spots, being able to use the ropes. You know, all the ropes and just all the shit that could happen with it. Yeah. A full range. I mean, you, you'd you been blown away. And then still have the same finish. Still have the same finish that the Good Brothers come out and, and they, they ruin what was a great match. Yep. Um, a couple things that uh, I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring to, to uh, your attention and talk about on air. We we're kind of done beating up a little bit of the Omega and Moxie situation. Now,
0: hold on, but let's not do that. We fantasy book two for those of <laughs> you who are not fucking
1: paying attention. We offered solutions. Don't act like we didn't. We we yeah yeah we we do get uh, vilicized quite a bit sometimes. Um. I do. I, I also before we do that before we move move on, I also want to. Give my kudos to Omega and Moxie too, because again, it there was some good spots, there was some really intense spots, and there's some good spots, and a lot of shit can go wrong in a match like that. I mean, I, and I'm I'm not talking the duds of a Pyro, I'm talking about like legit injuries. Oh yeah, to, absolutely. I mean, for for Omega to take that take that det onto the the barbed wire board itself was fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, the The spot with the chair, even though I laughed because, like, it disappeared. Like, I don't... It did. I don't know what it fucking was. I didn't see it anymore. But the biggest part about that, too, was, you know, again, being driven through that fucking chair. Is, yeah. It's always insane to me. I, I, but um, there were a couple of quote-unquote surprises in the night, and before we talk about the good because I did give it a b minus I I, I want to talk about the things that are kind of frustrating with me with with the AEW product all, all all in all the two big surprises of the show one was for the the latter match that guy was Ethan page and then the even bigger the legend that was being he was being called of a of a uh, of a signing mm-hmm. He's being signed as a legend and that guy is uh, Christian Cage now legend gets thrown out quite a bit that word a lot of kids use the term goat now a lot. Way too much.
0: Way too much.
1: <laughs> um, I've never heard anybody
0: call Christian Cage a legend. Here's the problem with that word. Uh, I always say the L word. Because okay. to, to me, it's become a bad word. Because now, it's it's just like... For those who aren't familiar, I'm going to talk about cars here for a second. Okay. For those who aren't familiar, in the world of cars, automobiles, Anything over thirty years old is automatically considered a classic. Okay. Okay. That's just the way the auto industry has always worked. Okay. Amongst collectors and everything. I'm learning okay. something today. I don't know much about okay. cars. Here you go. So, people tend to apply that to everything else. Okay. Okay. So you've got, and I'm not saying it's there's a thirty year mark here with wrestlers or anything, but. All these wrestlers from a previous era... They're all... When someone, when someone younger than us refers to them these days... There's always the L word involved. Mm-hmm. And part of the... It's not just the fans' fault. Part of it is... A lot of the boys. Because guess what? That's the way they stay relevant. You ain't got shit else going on with your career... You know, you you don't have you know you don't have nothing going you don't actively wrestle anymore. Guess what? I'm a fucking legend. Yeah. I'm gonna go to a con, promote myself as a legend, mm-hmm. hopefully get paid. Blah 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 blah. And that's that's another part of the problem with the L word. So when people start referring to Christian Cage as a legend, I'm sorry, he's not. Yeah. He's not a fucking legend. Edge is not a legend. They're they're seasoned veterans of the wrestling industry. Sure. I'll give them that much. That's fair. You know, they they definitely had periods of where they were, um, you know, over and on top. Mm-hmm. I'll never take that away from them. But I'm sorry, neither, neither one of them is a legend.
1: Before we get more into Christian Cage, I, I mentioned Ethan Page. He doesn't really deserve a lot of talk. I personally don't care for the fucking guy. I've never been much of a fan. I'll leave it at that. Ethan Page doesn't work in that spot for a number of reasons. One, he's a tag team wrestler, as they fucking plugged him as a tag team wrestler. <laughs> and then, in, and in two, even if that crowd was sold out, he is so not over and when it comes to wrestling. Nobody gave a shit. And that's the thing. Like,
0: so he's, you know, we've seen him. We've seen him live. A couple different shows. You still suck, Page. <laughs> and... He's never been. He's never been over as a babyface. Not uh, the few times that we've seen him. He's. Mm-hmm. It's never translated over completely right. for him. There's a lot of potential. I'll give him that. He's much. a good worker.
1: Yeah, he works for sure.
0: But I've never seen him where he was over. And and don't get me wrong. Like it's not like I sit there and pay, <laughs> you know, one thousand percent attention to Ethan Page because I don't. Right. But. Until someone can sit there and prove me wrong, mm-hmm. that that's what I'm going with. He he's not completely over. And then they have him come in, they make a big deal about the face of the company in this match and 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 all that, and they bring him in, and it's like, all right, cool, like he's part of AEW now, that's fine, but don't tout him as as something that he's not. And then Your fucking announce team don't put him over in the match. Yeah. How are you going to put a fucking tag team (laughs) specialist over in a singles match, a singles ladders
1: match? Yeah, a ladder match.
0: He's got no fucking partner out there with him either.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what? If there was that going on, I would have been like, okay, that's where they're getting this from. No, none of that shit. None of that shit was
1: going on. I think Excalibur plugged Josh Alexander, who works for Impact, by the way. More than they plug fucking Ethan Ethan Page. Yeah. How does that fucking work? And I'm supposed to believe Ethan Page is a legit contender for this for this match. What the fuck? kudos to Scorpio Sky. Hopefully he Yeah, uh, right? Hopefully he gets a good singles push. I mean fucking long overdue. Um Christian Christian Cage. First of all, I'm assuming he's gonna wrestle at some point soon in twenty twenty one. He looks good. He does look good. Yep. Give him credit for that. Phenomenal shape. But the man's been retired full time mm-hmm. since 2014. Yeah, so we're talking seven years of full time work, and now all of a sudden he's a believable legend. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use that word because that's what they're using. That's the only reason I'm using that word. But he's a believable legend that's gonna come in and quote unquote outwork everyone. Yes. How do you sell that, Sting? They signed Sting. He
0: does the the not the episodic match, <laughs> the cinematic match. And I'm not, I'm not. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting there taking up for Sting because I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's how he's able to do what he does. Yeah. Clearly, you know, he's not coming out week after week and getting yeah. physically involved. I mean, yeah, he took the power bomb and whatnot, but. That's not going to happen all the time. Right. They've got to come up with something. Mm -hmm. There's your cinematic match. That's the answer. I'm not saying Christian Cage is going to come out and have cinematic matches. But guess what? He also doesn't have a grueling schedule these days. Mm -hmm. Because they work, what, three days out of the fucking month? Four days out of the fucking month? It's not not a long schedule. And if he's doing, what, two matches tops in, in all those tapings? He'll be all right. You know? Especially the way those guys work. Yeah. Cause it's not the same as WWE. I
1: I agree with you on that. I just well, my thing is there's a couple things here that I have an issue with, besides the fact that it's a medioc a guy who's been mediocre his entire career, with a few with a few well, good, decent runs. And, and, and again,
0: it's 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 much the same thing for me as this whole Ethan Page thing. Like you have when Christian went to TNA. Yes. And, you know, he started getting that big push, and and he was... Way too big of a push. And he was Captain Charisma Mm -hmm. and all that shit. It just... I see what they were trying to do, Mm -hmm. but you're right. It was too big of a push, and he didn't have that star power to go with it.
1: Or the wrestling ability. Or the wrestling ability. And and I'm glad you brought that up, because here's the thing. Here's here's my biggest issue. AEW is supposed to be about opportunities, alternatives... Right, alternative from the other product Christian comes, Christian Cage came into Impact Wrestling and what was one of the first things that happened has nothing to do with Christian Cage has to do with a guy by the name of AJ Styles fucking guy that's actually going to be if not already a legend in this fucking industry I think it's safe to say he is a legend one of the best all time and what happened to AJ Styles He took a back seat. A guy who was main eventing or highlighting, stealing the show at every fucking TNA pay-per-view, and he takes a back seat to Christian Cage and becomes his lackey. That's right. Puts on a crown and calls himself Prince AJ. You remember that? I remember that. To feed Christian Cage's ego of being this super over main eventer when he couldn't fucking even last 2 minutes in the ring with a guy like AJ Styles. I'm not saying they're going to do that same type of storyline by any means, but what kind of good younger or current talent is going to take a back seat so Christian Cage can quote unquote outwork them? That's my problem. This is going to be this was going to be my problem whether whether it was Christian Cage, whether it was anybody else that isn't current, isn't now, can't go full-time. Full-time, full-time. I I get they have a nice, easy schedule. Everybody does when it comes to to AEW as far as working less dates. But my point is that somebody is going to lose a spot same way like WWE and Wrestlemania. Somebody's going to lose a spot because Christian Cage is going to take that spot. And that's a shame. Because whether you're a fan of Christian Cage or not, it's a shame that you would be for somebody who is busting their asses now that has a lot to offer the business now because Christian doesn't have a lot to offer the business now. He's getting older. He's he's not a spring chicken anymore. i uh, looking up his profile here. He's got to be in his, in his mid-40s, I would say, now. Late 40s. Yeah. He's,
0: he's approaching 50.
1: Yeah. And... You gotta have guys that are now, current now, Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix. Who's who's gonna who's gonna get lost in the shuffle? Scorpio Sky? Darby Allen? Who's gonna get lost in the shuffle? Because Christian Cage is now here to outwork everybody. That's my problem. Now if 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 he came in and, you know, was gonna do a few spots here and there. And then be done with it because he wanted a taste of AEW. I can live with that. I'm not necessarily jumping for joy for that either, but I can live in that ballpark. But apparently he's gonna be as far as on screen full time for a multi year deal. How is this alternative?
0: It's not. And that that's that's the big that's the big problem with AEW. It it's it is not all that it is cracked up to be, and it's just it's not going anywhere man it it really is really not going anywhere and that's sad to say because it, it's I feel like we were sold the uh, like we're we're starting to see that we were sold a lemon yeah. you
1: know unfortunately a lemon with a ton of potential yeah, a ton of wasted potential in this case
0: and, and I gotta say you know adding another edition of dark on another day is not you're, you're really not doing anything i mean you, we're just seeing more of the same more of the same yeah they're not you can tell like earlier we we're watching uh, are we watching dark is this what this is yeah this
1: is okay. the previous week's episode dark
0: all right so we're watching on the big screen we're watching uh, one of the previous episodes of dark And earlier, we were watching um, Diamante versus... um, um, I I forget her name. Some other female wrestler. She caught my eye because she looked like one of my exes. (laughs) But... um, Not Diamante, but the the other woman she was facing... Just watching some of the spots she was doing. Horrible. Fucking horrible. I don't know who's teaching these people how to wrestle. Don't get me wrong... (laughs) First of all, I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Second of all, I'm not a, a wrestling instructor, mm-hmm. but I've watched enough to know. Oh yeah. Well, guess what? If if she's sitting there for fucking more than a few seconds, hunched over, waiting for Diamante to do the fucking um, Canadian destroyer on her via sunset flip, how is that believable? <laughs> exactly. You're not. She's not even like. She's not, like, writhing in pain. She's not doubled over from being hit. She's just literally, like, hunched over, like, okay, ready when you are. That kind of shit. It's like she's still in school. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, how does that work? That doesn't work. And I hate to sound like a a fucking Jim Cornette replay here, but that irks the shit out of me. You're not... (laughs) You're not doing anything for you're not doing anything to help your fucking product. You're right. not. You know? You're supposed to make it believable. Make it fucking believable.
1: Whether it's having people who need more work or having people that had their time and now don't need any more time like Christian Cage, AEW This is like this is like the growing pains that we talked about with New Japan. They're suffering from, from growing pains, but they're too ignorant to realize how to fix them.
0: And you know what? People, people people can say all the fuck they want about Japanese wrestling, whether you're a fan of it or not. But mm-hmm. guess what? Their fucking system works. It does. Their young boys turn into men. They go on excursion. They learn their shit. They come back. They're better for it. Mm-hmm. None of this fucking bullshit This is is why I don't watch this I don't fucking watch this And it's sad because I want to watch Just like the WWE I want to watch But I'm so sick and tired of watching bullshit Week after week
1: It's like I have better things to do with my time I really do But if New Japan goes on tour Generally Somebody like you, somebody like me We try to find time to watch it Absolutely, because even the even the young lions or the young boys, they're they're so good and so disciplined that their matches, which are usually against people that they're training with, are fucking good. How about this? How about you take that
0: approach? Consider your average young boy, right, in New Japan. Mm-hmm. You're 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 taught a handful of holds. That's all you can use. Your finisher has to be something like a Boston Crab or something of that caliber, and that's that's your finisher. You're not allowed to do anything else. So, let's let's apply this to AEW. Stop bringing these fucking dudes in who think they need to do, like, 15 million fucking moves. Yeah. Concentrate on what works for you and what you know how to do. What did Dusty Rhodes used to say? Don't do shit you don't know how to do. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as that, man. That's a life lesson right there, ladies and gentlemen. That applies to anything in life. Don't do something you don't know how to fucking do. Because guess what? You're going to look like shit doing it. And if you're going to do it, don't do it on fucking national TV in front of everybody. I'm glad you pointed don't out. Don't do it on pay-per-view. <laughs> exactly. Don't do it on fucking YouTube. <laughs> don't do it anywhere except a fucking training camp where no one else except your peers can watch you.
1: I'm glad you pointed it out too, because I'll say one last thing about Christian Cage, and I'll stop beating him up. Hmm. But you, back in in the late 2000s, early 2010s, one of the most popular moves that was coming from TNA actually was when they were going running towards the turnbuckle, and they would jump through the turnbuckle, and it kind of like, kind of like uh, move themselves up, to like kick them from the opposite end. if That makes any sense? Uh-huh. If you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they would do it all such a fast motion. And then Christian Cage is like, I'm going to do that too. So he would do that. He'd run towards the ropes. And then he would like slowly jump through it. Stop. Completely stop. And then like seesaw himself up. And like the other person had to sell it so, so much. Because they had to wait for him. Yeah. It was just like, dude, stop doing that move. Yeah, don't That's a do, perfect example yeah, of what Jones is do, saying. Yeah, don't do that move. G- Christian Cage was never a fast-paced wrestler. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Wrestle
0: <laughs> <Russell> your style.
1: <laughs> Even if it
0: goes against what everybody else is doing, because guess what? Now you're going to stand out. Why? And why is that such a yeah, bad thing? Yeah, why is that such a bad thing? What the fuck?
1: Why does everybody have to be a high-flyer these days? Yeah. You know what I mean? Jesus. Moving on from everything negative about Revolution, actually no, I shouldn't say that there is there is one more aspect of it but before we talk about that because that's kind of a broader picture if you will <clears throat> slash missed opportunity there's, there's a lot of good aspects of the actual card and, and I'm not going to break it down to you folks you heard my partner plug fight you know 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight F-I-T-E you're going to give me credits on us, become a new member, and, um, and you can get yourself access to this pay-per-view, and you can watch it for yourself and base your own opinions uh, to yourself. Uh, I did like the... I actually did, believe it or not, enjoy the cinematic street fight. I thought it was actually done...
0: Because I knew what it was. Yeah, going into it, you, you can't... If you thought of it as anything else, mm-hmm. you're, you're kidding yourself. Right, right. You know? And unfortunately, there are people out there that thought
1: otherwise. You're, you're going to get a legit street fight. Yeah. so Right. Shame on you. Because, I mean, we should all know better right now.
0: And, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised um, if they used um, a stunt double here and there for some of Sting's stuff.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: You know, it that's just smart. They especially if they want to keep him around, mm-hmm. you know, you pay all that money for him to be there. The last thing you want to do is get the guy hurt.
1: Right. You know? I mean, we're talking about a 6-year-old man here that 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 has health issues. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and and it's it's easier to do because he he wears paint. Right. And he wears a full body suit. So it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to do. So yeah, I could definitely see that as well. Um. even with that being said the spots were still very good I, I was pleasantly surprised by how well the, the high spots were even for a cinematic match was it cheesy at times? Yeah, I didn't need to see Brian Cage and, and Ricky Starks get into a car and drive to this facility <laughs> <laughs> but you know what hey, it's you take the good with the bad. It was mostly good. I was pleasantly surprised there. Um, again, congrats, to Scorpio Sky, finally getting a push. We'll see if he takes the title. By this point, we'll, we'll have our answer, right? Um, and I also want to point out that the the tag team battle royal was a hell of a lot better than I, I anticipated. I love that finish. Jungle Boy is getting pushed even more. Uh, doesn't get the win for his team. But um, still looks like an absolute, like, legit threat in that match, Uh, even though Death Triangle does take it. Got no problem there. It's a hell of a tag team packing Ray Phoenix. One spot that I thought was way too, like, out of nowhere for me in that match, and that's because, like, for me, I just don't see, like, anything special about him as far as an on-screen wrestler and that's QT Marshall and his apparent heel turn that happened that night. Oh. Um, he he threw out... Uh, I think it was Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. who are apparently a part of the Nightmare family or something. I don't know how big the Nightmare family is. I really don't.
0: I know there's a fuck ton of people in there now. So are they, they were 17 people.
1: Okay, so there you have it. I... Um, And, well, anyways, he eliminates, eliminates, I think it was Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. both. QT Marshall does. And then Dustin Rhodes, his tag team partner, was just like, what the fuck? You know, he kind of gave him a little shove. Like, hey, those are our guys. What are you doing? And then QT Marshall said, you know, the hell with you. And he jumps over the top rope and eliminates himself from the match. And he's just like, you know, fuck you. Don't need this. And on the most recent episode of Dynamite, following that, the, the, the Dynamite two days after the event, he tur- uh, he's very very heelish, if you will, against, uh, I think it was uh, Fuego Del Sol that he wrestled. Okay. QT Marshall is a guy that has a lot of wrestling knowledge, and I'll give him all that credit in the world. Okay. But an on-screen wrestler, he ain't got nothing. <laughs> he's he, he's about as boring as they come. For me, I I see what they're trying to do a, a ripple within the nightmare family, but it's I don't know is it kind of the wrong guy. I, I I mean QT Marshall can wrestle, I get that, but it just seemed like when it happened because the entire time when he's in there, I'm just kind of like just just go. Like I was tired of seeing him. I, Russell, and I was like, and I even said, like, he should just eliminate himself. Uh. And sure as shit, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of just like, oh, wow. I wish it was always like that. Because <clears throat> then the Miz wouldn't be wrestling anymore. <laughs> 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 but, 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 you know, he eliminates himself and he does it in a heelish way. You know, the hell with the, with, uh, with Dustin Rhodes and, and, and the Rhodes and i sorry, the Nightmare Family. I don't know, Joe. Like, am I am I being too harsh on QT Marshall? He's a good wrestler, but just because you're a good mat technician doesn't mean you're entertaining. I don't know. What do you say? What what, what say you on this situation?
0: You know, the, as far as the Nightmare Family goes, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what it is anymore i I, like i said i i think it is legitimately up like 15 to 17 people now that's a lot that's a lot i thought the dark order was huge right (laughs) and then you know like qt marshall you're right he's not an exciting dude to watch and as far as the apparent heel turn that's neither here nor there because the way they book right you know, you could have... A, I'm, here's, here's, I'm going to say something. I'm going to give a lot of heat for saying this, but I don't give a shit. Okay. I'm waiting because I think it'll happen. There's a really good chance, there's a percentage chance that this is going to happen. That on AEW programming, whether it be on Dark or Dynamite or Pay-Per-View, one time in the future, we're going to see a heel turn back to a baby face turned by the same person within the same show oh just because that's how bad their 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 booking is when it comes to that sort of in-ring psychology you I can because right now literally that's what's going on one week you've got baby faces that act like heels mm-hmm. and vice versa and it happens from match to match so why you know at this rate, it, why not from person to person?
1: Cough, cough, Brandy Rhodes. <laughs>
0: so, uh, with that being said, yeah, the uh, QT. I'm sorry, dude. You're not you're not exciting to watch. I'm sure he's a great trainer, and and that's what it is. <laughs> like he's got he's got that knowledge, and he's mm-hmm. definitely an asset for the company. Sure. But, yeah. You don't have to be on TV, bro You just don't Yeah Just leave it Leave it to all the other people You got a hell of a
1: roster mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of motherfuckers now Just Let them do their shit I'm sure
1: he's not hurting for dough No I'm sure he's getting paid well To be a uh, A trainer getting, Everybody's getting paid 80 Across the board There you go yeah. So Yeah
0: You can't You can't Bitch about money <laughs> That's not That's not bad, man That's not bad No To make that much, you know um, there's one last thing I wanted to say about the pay-per-view. Okay. And, you know, we, we've we been accused before of not offering um, solutions to problems of shows and stuff. It's like they don't listen to the whole show. I, they might not.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: Thank you for listening to whatever you do. <laughs> but um, there's... This is something I wanted your opinion on, so I'm going to ask you first before I I have to say what I have to say. Okay. Out of everybody that was viably available, if it wasn't Christian Cage, was there anyone in particular you would have liked to have come in and take that spot?
1: As an AEW signee? Yeah,
0: because that's what he is, right?
1: Yeah. Multi-year deal? We gotta call him a legend, or just anybody in No, in no, general? no,
0: any, any, anybody viably, like, you know, obviously, if we know
1: they're under contract and they're not going anywhere, they can't be. Played. Because the the guy that I, I I would have signed if if I'm if I'm Tony Khan, I'm looking for the best talent out there that's available. This is not going to be an exciting answer. I'm gonna tell you that right now. M- maybe to you it will. Well, I was gonna but, say
0: that to but, me that doesn't matter.
1: I'm but, just curious as to who you would pick. If I'm if I'm signing a big a big name person. That's going to actually be an asset to my company. And he's willing to sign?
0: Well, because that's the way they touted it. Mm-hmm. They said this person was Hall of Fame worthy. Didn't say what Hall of Fame. Okay. And then that they were a major star and it was one of Tony Khan's favorites. That's all we really knew going into okay. the match.
1: So, yeah, my guy, His he's not necessarily a Hall of Fame-esque guy yet. Though his father... Is or at least should be. The best guy that's not signed by anybody, and I'm glad you asked me this question because I was gonna ask at some point, probably an episode of twenty by twenty by twenty for March, was why he's not signed yet by a major company, and that's David Boy Smith Jr. I I bring him to the table because for me he fits any any roster, anywhere, and the look that you gave me, I, I know you probably not, don't, don't agree, but I stand by my pick because I've I've seen him, I've seen him in MLW, I've seen him even in as a even as he was treated like shit in WWE. The guy is a pure worker, and more importantly too, I've seen him in New Japan, which is where his best work has happened. I think he bridges the gap of every type of wrestling style that you want to bring to the table. Does he need work with being a great TV persona? Sure. But last time I checked, Christian Cage isn't great on that either. (laughs) So, I don't know. For me, he's one of the best free agents in the business today because he fits any criteria that you need him to fit. And I go by free agents because there's a lot of guys you could sign, but they're not necessarily available right now.
0: I could have sworn that he's been quartered by
1: WWE. Well, he's he's still wrestling indie shows. He, he's yeah. he, he's we're watching uh, one of the on, on the the second TV we have a New South pay per view from the first weekend of March, uh, the Haas Tournament of 2021. He's in this tournament, You're right? He's in the tournament, and I and I've seen him do a bunch of different uh, different. Matches, but like, I mean, you, you look at guys that wrestle for other companies. You know, there's a ton of guys. I mean, we're watching one right now. Jacob Fatu would be a much better pick than a Christian Cage because he's now, he's fucking now. And why wouldn't you want to fucking Anoa'i? if you can have, you got one Anoa'i that's dominating the competition. I'm not saying copy the competition, but here you actually well, have. Well, they a,
0: already do that anyway.
1: You, right? They do, and that's what Christian Cage kind of is. But like, or or even Paul White. But, like, you have a better working Anoa'i that is dominating Major League Wrestling right now, but he's not available. And that's kind of where I get my answer from. That's fun it's, it's, you know, I, I went for somebody that's actually a free agent in, in professional wrestling. So I'm going to offer my
0: pick. Okay. And on top of it, I'm going to fantasy book all in one shot. Okay. okay. Here we go. Keep in mind that this is this is like on a technicality because we've seen we've seen AEW bring in champions from other companies and Russell on their television, i.e. Thunder Rosa. Yeah. You could have taken what happened on the go home edition of Dynamite with FTR and Tully Blanchard. And f- not only furthered that, but also added a little bit of the forbidden door talk to your pay-per-view and made one hell of, of a situation happen. If you would have somehow come to terms with Billy Corrigan and the NWA by lending out their world heavyweight champion in Nick Aldis. I would have loved to them for them to do business for all this to come in as that last participant, because who else would be better to go after a literal brass ring? And he could have came in as the fourth horseman with the ten pounds of gold. How great would have that have been? And it 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 technically it's not out of the realm of the pot, out of possibility. It could still happen, depending on how things go with the NWA. The NWA is coming back in March. They'll be on Fight TV with a pay-per-view. I I believe it's called Back to the Attack on the 21st of March. Okay, And then they're doing a weekly show on Fight, I think at 6.05 every
1: Tuesday night. If I'm not mistaken, Tuesdays are getting super super busy there. Yeah, right. What the hell? Well, I mean, and, and everyone's gonna know by now. But one of the one of the rumors, hot rumors, is that WWE or NXT is supposed it's, to be getting it's moved. Supposed to get moved to Tuesdays. We'll find out. But yeah, yeah. As far again, my reason why I didn't go with NWA guy because again, he's contract. I I my my answer was strictly for signing them. You know what I mean? Like they're under AEW contract, where Nick Aldis wouldn't be under AEW contract. But yeah, that that's 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 obviously a phenomenal choice because that brings in, first of all, that gets Nick Aldis working again. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's wrestled one match in 2021 so far. And, 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 and I know they, it's early, but that's
0: a whole nother can of worms. But sure. it's like, yeah, you get all these these champions touted like oh, hundreds of days as champ. Guess what? We're amidst the fucking pandemic, where it's really hard to fucking get you know stay working yeah. consistently. Please don't tout the fucking numbers like that. Right. That's just stupid.
1: Yeah. Um. So it gets your it gets it gets Nick all working again. It gets NWO, NWO. It gets NW, <laughs> it gets N W A over, and uh, man, that that kind of fucking buzz, right? Because you you get a lot of people, and, and that's that's definitely a lot better picked than. than David Boy Smith Jr., um, but like you get a lot of people that were really, you know, really ecstatic about Christian coming to to AEW. Yeah, some you know some people that I grew up with who I didn't know were such big Christian Cage fans or Christian fans that were just like, oh my god, Christian's coming! This is great. It's great to see you know I'm a 50 year old guy getting signed. That's that's awesome. To a multi-year deal, when imagine the buzz of having the NWA World Heavyweight Champion in your ring, doing shows for you, and 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 let's 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 be real here, if Nick Aldis was to do full-time work with AEW, at least for like let's say for even if it's just some you know a couple of months, that whole outwork situation, that whole outwork slogan, slogan that Christian Cage is touting that actually would be legit because Christian is not going to outwork anybody. Let's just, <laughs> let's, let's just be realistic. It's, it's a, it's a fucking t-shirt slogan. That's, that's all that is. Yep. I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful as far as like him being in shape and all that stuff. I'm sure he's, he's putting in his work, but like, you're not going to outwork anybody. Nick, all this has built his entire reign, both of his title reigns about being the best wrestler in the world. Period that mean that's a, that's another way of saying I'm outworking everybody. He's done that. He's he's proven that and him being in that in that ring or in in, in an AEW ring will would put both NWA and even AEW on another platform. And I'm glad you said that because you talked about Forbidden Door and one thing that we had said in our 20 by 20 by 20 episode <clears throat> was that we needed the a, 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 a forbidden door moment, and we talked about that on the on last week's episode where we needed a forbidden door moment for impact so that impact could look like it actually has a legit run in this rivalry, and there was nothing.
0: Yeah, and Tommy Dreamer's comments don't count. Like,
1: it has to be done on TV. Right. (laughs) And so you have an entire show. You had a surprise entrance into a ladder match. And the closest thing you came to Impact Wrestling was Ethan Page, who just only recently left the company. And that's it. Not not a damn mention about anybody else, nothing.
0: And get, and you can't say it was Gallows and Anderson either because that's
1: doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's it already count happened either. because because one, they barely even call themselves all as Impact guys. Yeah. And you have a they're guy, more they're more concerned with being Bullet Club than anything else. Right. And then you have a guy in. Help me out here. The 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 the, the, the invisible hand. Oh, Don Callis. Don Callis, sorry. Uh, Don Callis, who is a booker for Impact Wrestling. I forget what his exact job title is, but he's up there. He's one of the general managers or executive VPs. Yeah. Something of that nature, yeah. High, High up there for Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Never mentions Impact Wrestling. Just plug in Kenny Omega. Who doesn't need to be plugged anymore. I get, like, you're trying to get the heel over even more. And Kenny Omega this, you Omega that. But not a fucking mention of Impact Wrestling. Not even... I don't even know who you... Who would have been. But, like... I don't know. I, I don't even know what I was going to say there. But, like, my point is... You have... A three and a half hour show. And you couldn't even cut, like some kind of, like, answer to Tony Khan's weekly ads. Yeah, like, nothing. You know? Nope. Somebody say, like, you know, calling out how this pay-per-view is fucking shitty or something like that or or anything. Any fucking mention. Anything. Yeah. And what's going to happen, I guarantee you, come Tuesday night, there's going to be Tony Khan again. Why? Why pay for the fucking advertisements anymore? Yeah, you're not. You know, I mean, is Impact going to have sacrifices going to happen on March 13th? Are they going to have AEW guys showing up at the at the pay per view? Is is something going to happen in the in the the world title match between Rich Swan and Moose? I I doubt it. What is the point of having a forbidden door if nobody goes through
0: it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. This this relationship just becomes stranger and stranger by the by the week. Like
1: the, <laughs> the most used guy in the Forbidden Door is the guy that's been doing doing things in multiple companies just because he can, and that's TJP. He wrestles on, on Impact, he wrestles on MOW, he wrestles for New Japan. Yeah. At least for stateside version of New Japan. That's, that's the most that we're getting out of it what's going on guys what is, what is happening <laughs> I I don't know I have no clue who's booking this shit yeah <laughs> and, and for those that, that, that wanted me to stop complaining I'll, I'll give you an answer I'll give you a solution start using more fucking people yeah it's, it's pretty fucking obvious there's plenty of opportunities why does Ethan Page need to be the guy why couldn't it have been an impact guy yeah why couldn't you want to fucking promote Josh Alexander so fucking much? Why not have Cord Excalibur, you know, he was promoting him so fucking much. Why not have Ethan Page be announced as a guy? He comes out and somebody fucking, he gets attacked by somebody. Kidnapped. That seems to be popular. Yeah, we're doing a lot of those. <laughs> it, it The silly shit like that, man. It, it, it's, 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 I don't know, whatever. Again... The show was the show was fine I, I, for the most part. It wasn't quite worth fifty bucks for me, you know. I I, I really think they need to uh, rethink that pricing point. Um, but maybe they don't need to. Maybe their buy rates are good. I'm not sure what their buy rates are off the top of my head, or actually at all, because I I don't even think they've been released at this point from when we were recording this uh, episode. But. A lot of missed opportunities. A lot of missed opportunities, and a lot of people not taking into consideration that sometimes things go wrong, and we need to always be proactive. They're not a very proactive company. Very reactive when it comes to the explosives or lack thereof situation. So we gotta get we gotta fix that AEW. We do because as a fan, I'm getting really irritated by just the ego that this company has I get you're over with a lot of fanboys but anybody that knows anything about pro wrestling which I know guys like Kenny Omega guys like Cody Rhodes guys like the Young Bucks they know for sure those fanboys they come and go they yeah. go with whatever's popular and you guys are losing traction a lot faster than you may you may realize and in the long term if you don't fucking get better I don't. I don't know what, what. I don't know how much more you're going to be a dominant force in the pro wrestling world. The Last thing I want to talk about when it comes to AEW took place during the pre-show, and the it was a tag match between uh, Riho and Thunder Rosa versus what was supposed to be Doctor Britt Baker, which. Actually, happened and her tag team is supposed to be her partner, supposed to be Rebel. Um, by way of a fake injury or something like that, Rebel couldn't compete. And uh, Maki Ito made a surprise showing, mm-hmm. uh, to, to Dynamite. Now, I, I was watching it live, or I'm sorry, not the Dynamite, but Revolution. I was watching it live <clears throat> and I texted Joe because I was I was surprised by seeing Maki Ito because over the weekend on one of the backup TVs I had uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling on and there was a tournament going on and Maki Ito was in that tournament and she made it all the way to the finals she lost but um, I was pretty sure that that was not live when I watched it, but it happened that day or the following day. Mm-hmm. And to see her in an AW ring, it was a little head scratching. I just because again we're in the midst of a pandemic. I, I there's a lot of you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, quarantining and all that stuff. So I was just kind of just like, what what what's what gives? Maybe I was watching something that was t- pre taped sometimes that happens with TJ with Tokyo Joe uh, Cho- Tokyo Joshi Pro but anyways the match is happening and Excalibur does commentary for AEW of course mentioned that Maki Ito competed in said tournament and she is coming here on 44 hours notice so 44 hours of course is just a little, just a few hours, just four hours, less under two days, so she didn't quarantine for for two weeks. Now, quarantine stuff aside, and 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 my lack of knowledge on quarantine limits in different states, because I know where Joe and I come from, that wouldn't fly. No, not at all. Uh, you, if you come into from certain areas, especially international uh, waters, you're gonna have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, it's not our rules. That's just how it is uh, where we live. But apparently in Florida, I guess there is no quarantine rules because AEW seems, has always seemed to be one of those companies that follow those rules. They don't break them. And if they did, I hope they wouldn't be stupid enough to <laughs> like admit to it on live <laughs> TV. <laughs> So, a lot of shows are happening in Florida. All AEW shows are happening in Florida. Yeah. We talked about um, forbidden doors. If they're being used, like, what does the future hold? While while we're in the midst of this pandemic still. Okay. What does the future hold, do you think, of, of this type of situation? With, with the, the lack of quarantine, because now, apparently, you can go from Japan and fly to the United States, and that's okay. Does that open the doors for more situations? And should they take advantage of that? Well, you're, I
0: mean, I, whether, whether we, I think whether we want them to or not, or whether fans want them to or not, I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen because it's available, especially with talent. I mean, Especially if they're going to do this whole forbidden door thing. Any company in that situation, yeah, of course, bring so-and-so over, bring this person, bring that person, you know, fly that person out that way. If that's the case, I'm sure they'll try to capitalize off that. But you got to keep in mind, too, vaccines are are now available to some extent. Sure. So, you know, who's to say she didn't get vaccinated? Sure. Sure. Um, and if that's the case, things would have been a little easier for her to, for like, for her to get through all the COVID precautions. Um, not that that's a a, a very good excuse to perform, you know, but we're going to see a lot of that. I mean, people are itching to get out and, Mm. and make things happen and do stuff and, you know, there's there's talk of, of of our state. You know, once you're vaccinated, they're they're allowing you as long as you have your vaccination card, you can go do stuff that most people can't. And that's the thing. Like, we're it. <laughs> does it make sense all the way? No, I I don't think it does. Um, but is it happening? Absolutely, absolutely it is. And I, I think it's just it's it's that. That weird perfect storm of like people people and businesses and the economy being cooped up for so long mm-hmm. and the vaccines available. So now, like, let's just put all that together and see what happens. That kind of a thing.
1: It's a double edged sword for me as a wrestling fan. I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not going to lie to the listeners. Like, obviously, everybody's health. And, and getting the world back in a in a healthy manner and you know uh, rid of the va- not the vaccine, rid of the virus altogether is sure. the most important thing, of course. Um, you know, I'm not as heartless as as I may sound sometimes. I, I, I do, I mean selfishly, I want I want it gone too. But you know, I I look, I'm, I don't like how many people have gotten sick and, and no, lost their lives. No,
0: absolutely not. It's terrible,
1: absolutely terrible. Um, but it's a double, I say double-edged sword, because as a wrestling fan, I'm also one of those people that's like, man, if Maki Ido can do it, like, fuck, a Kazuchika Okada can do it. A Tetsuya Naito can do it.
0: Yep.
1: You know, a Minoru Suzuki, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi can stay home. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> you know, we're talking about like the Ibushi versus Omega match potentially happening like that could actually happen sooner than we think and that as a wrestling fan it's just like holy shit but yeah you're right as a realistic human being it's like hmm, you know, should we are we are we peeking into Pandora's box a little bit shouldn't we just keep that closed for a little, a little while longer it's a double edged sword because you want it so bad but it's also just like fuck we shouldn't have it <laughs> yeah we shouldn't we really should. Um it was interesting though. It was really interesting. I I was I was certainly blown away because again I'm watching and I was like I just saw her in Japan and I was right. It was it was it was live or you know within a day or from when I watched it. I I do I do enjoy watching her work too. She's she she definitely cracks me up with her her singing and she's this cute little <laughs> singer and then she flipping the crowd off. So I fucking love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it was it was definitely uh um, it's it was definitely an interesting uh, question that I wanted to bring uh to the table.
0: Pandemic aside,
1: yeah, uh, I
0: don't watch a whole lot of WWE. Okay um and I'm not missing much No, I know <laughs> uh, there was something that I missed that I'm I'm kind of on the fence about I wanted your opinion
1: okay I do watch WWE unfortunately
0: yeah yeah
1: some of it's okay
0: yeah uh, well mm. I I gathered yeah some of it I'm sure is okay but that's I off just... to
1: Kaylee Ray. she beat uh Sakamura
0: really yeah they cool. actually
1: she actually kept the title okay. That's that's WWE that people don't watch. They should, well, yeah, they should. NCUK, UK ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> WWE Network.
0: Um, something happened. It was pretty important, and and I'm kind of torn because, historically speaking, I I I kind of have a love hate relationship with this guy. Okay. But um. I'm talking about Bobby Lashley.
1: Oh, we t- we talked all about him last week. Yeah,
0: Bobby Lashley winning the, the the WWE title. Yeah. Um. Pretty big moment for him. Yeah. Pretty big moment for African American. Sure. Wrestlers in general.
1: And their fan base. Yeah.
0: And their fan base. Yeah. Um. Storylines aside, mm-hmm. what gives? What what um, what's your take on this? Do you think it's a kind of like the company's way of a cheap pop? <laughs> um, do you think there's more to it? Is it is it does it doesn't make any sense whatsoever? How they booked it.
1: Your thoughts on the situation It's always a, a, a tough subject when you're putting uh, when you're putting race into a question like this because I don't as a wrestling fan and, and for anyone that's ever listened to this show, listen to this podcast for You know the hundred plus episodes that we've done, and if you if you have, my God, thank you. But also, you know that I've been very much asking the question when it comes to WWE: Why has why why hasn't there been enough representation of black wrestlers as champions? Now, here's the thing about me: I don't want representation for the sake of representation. I think it's piss poor. And I know I'm gonna sound I'm gonna I'm gonna get heat for that, but I think it's piss poor to do that, because if you don't deserve it, you shouldn't have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that, um, to clarify, you don't mean just with African American people, just any
1: anybody, anybody, anybody in general, anybody across the board. For example, a perfect example to that is Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal was giving a belt, so he's, he's not even Hindi. He's not. Yeah. he's Canadian. He's Canadian. So. But he was given a belt, so he could go and try to plug WWE for India. And guess what? It worked. Yep. But it was it was a business decision. And when his when it was when that was done, dropped that title. And what happened to Jinder Mahal? You never heard from him again.
0: Yeah, he's out there somewhere, <laughs> Jinder in his mahal.
1: Yeah, and that's shitty, man. That's 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 representation for the for the sake of representation. Okay. You get guys, what I mean, what I meant by that is guys like Kofi Kingston, Booker T within WWE. Sure. Um, And we're talking like mid-2000s Booker T, not right when he came into WCW, because he was getting pushed. Yeah. Um, You know, Sasha Banks and the fact that prior to her winning the SmackDown Women's Championship never successfully defended the women's title on the main roster after being like a five-time champion. That's just so crazy to hear, man. And it's like, where is that representation at? Why does it not exist? Why does, why does it take Kofi Kingston 11 years to be pushed when really how many guys on that roster are, are as good as him? There's not many. And <clears throat> I was very critical on the Bobby Lashley title change last week but if you go back, listen to that podcast, I never said he wasn't deserving. My issue with him being champion was Drew McIntyre carried the company during a pandemic. They're in a fucking pandemic. While Roman Reigns, everybody's favorite guy, left. I understand it's a pandemic and he was worried about his health. I'm not shitting on that. But business, but But health aside, the business suffered. Because he said, "Fuck it, I'm leaving. I'm not doing it." Drew McIntyre picked it up and he ran with it, and his thinks was to drop the title five weeks before fucking WrestleMania. How is that right? So that was my issue. Okay, I want to clarify that. Bobby Lashley, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of because to me he's not very entertaining.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, hundred percent.
1: But I have always felt that workers, and Ethan Page can be a part of this too, that workers, if if they put in the work, deserve a piece of the pie. And Bobby Lashley has put in that fucking work, and he deserves a piece of the pie.
0: I will say this, and is ever since he's teamed up with MVP as uh, part of the Herpes, wholeheartedly business, agree. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better, um, and that again, I still shock myself when I say that because I don't necessarily give two shits about Bobby last right You know, he just there's he has zero charisma. Mm-hmm. He has the personality of wallpaper. Yeah, you know,
1: like there's no doubt about it. He's a freak of nature, though. I mean. Incredible shape, very powerful dude, very very fast. You know, you you, he's got a lot of the tools. Yeah, and he knows how to use them. And then you're right. Now he's starting to get a little bit of. I'm starting to get a little bit of that. I, I kind of give a shit about him. And you, I credit a lot of that to MVP. MVP has definitely changed my perspective on how on on his knowledge of the wrestling well, business. Well, all
0: those guys.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: He's he's done wonders with all those guys, and it's like. Wow, I don't know I don't know how he persuaded them to even get in into a stable together. Sure, yeah. But kudos to to whomever however that came to be because it's working for <laughs> right. them. All of them, you know.
1: So going back to the representation situation here, I don't feel to answer your question, I don't feel that this is a Situation like Jinder Mahal, where there's an underlying, like, hey, look what we're doing. We got a black guy as champion. Look at us. I still feel, and maybe I'm wrong about this. We'll find out in the coming weeks. I still feel this is to set up Lashley-Lesnar and nothing more, nothing less.
0: I don't want that to happen.
1: No, I. I we said that last week. Okay. You know, I don't want it to happen. I'm still saying that. I'll, I'll say that until... Until I'm blue in the face. I don't want to see Lashley versus Lesnar. I don't want to see Lesnar versus anybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same here. Well, he can fight Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) There's a lot of people we added to that match. Yeah, you're right. It can happen on international waters in case someone (laughs) dies unexpectedly twice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... I think it's always great, though, when you when you have minorities, whether it be black, whether it be Asian, whether it be Latino, what have you, when they take these titles that they generally don't have. Because I think it does, whether you're trying to or not, it does do a lot for representation as a deserving side of things. You know, you see those, I think it was Bobby Lashley, even on his Instagram posted a picture of you know, I think it was a young fan looking at a a, a wall and ahead, had Kofi Kingston, The Rock, and and himself, Bobby Lashley, and you know when champions when you look like you, I think that's great. I mean, you know, as a as a adolescent or young teenage Latino boy from a very Latino side of town, if you will, when Eddie Guerrero pinned absolutely Brock Lesnar. I, I I cried yeah. that day. I cry. I'm you know I get choked up and think about it now because I miss Eddie so much. But you know to have somebody of the culture of your culture representing you, you know the, the the title and he beat the odds. I think it was great. I remember when Rey Mysterio won the Rumble. Yeah, you know,
0: and like me and uh, a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. we're you know we're in the same room and with everybody else, and we get up and we're hooting and hollering and shit. And it was a special moment, you know, yeah. like because it doesn't happen often.
1: It doesn't, you know, and and you know, same thing when you know when 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 Kofi Mania happened. I remember watching that WrestleMania live, and I got choked up just because I'm such a big Kofi Kingston fan yeah and I have been for for ever since i I saw him i go back I go back to his e c w days when he was Jamaican, you know and yeah, and right. uh, you know, I was like, man, this guy is so fun to watch, and just always always looking at Kofi Kingston not because of his talent level, but because of the company that he works for is like this guy's always gonna be a mid Carter, and that's where he's gonna be until the day he leaves or until the day he retires. And for him to, to do that against Daniel Bryan, too, which gets lost in the shuffle a lot, mm-hmm. the right guy to, to, to pass that belt on to, because even though we're not talking about a, a person of color in Daniel Bryan, but a person that's been looked down upon for not being the right fit, he's the guy that drops that title, to Kofi. When it comes to wrestling and those kind of moments, the people that drop the title sometimes are just as important as the person winning it. Because it's that right passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. Hey, I I helped pave this way. You're gonna you're gonna trailblaze it even more. And go fucking knock it out of the ballpark. And Kofi Kingston did. And oh how how he lost to the side, hell of a fucking title reign. Yeah, oh yeah. Hell of a fucking title reign. You know, the, the, the summer of, of twenty nineteen, that whole summer was dominated by him. And I just remember Talking to a, a very good mutual friend of ours, uh, who who is African American, and I and I asked him like you know how do you feel about Kofi, and I and I asked him as a wrestling fan, you know I expected a wrestling answer, and he got choked up because it was like man you know it's to, to see that happen, and for him to represent that our culture, and as champion like it's it's such a big deal, and he's like I, I he's it gave him butterflies thinking about it. You know, I was like that was it, it. It always brought me back to what I talked about with Eddie Guerrero because I always go back and I watch that match, and no matter how old I get, you know, I was 14 years old when that match happened. I'm I'm 31 now, and I still get that same feeling. So it's it's a very big deal, and and I hope with the the at the the bottom of my heart, I hope that they're not plugging some cheap. Thrill of like, hey, look what we did. Because again, I don't like how Drew McIntyre got robbed of a WrestleMania moment. But all that aside, I can't shit on Bobby Lashley. I'm not personally a fan. Doesn't mean that I, you know, I don't look. There's certain people that I'm a fan of that aren't necessarily great wrestlers. And there's people that I don't like that are great wrestlers. And I'm not going to say sit there and say that. I think Bobby Lash is a great wrestler. Is he fitting to be world champion? He's paid his dues, man. He's paid his dues, and and, I, and, and hats off to him. And I hope, that's all I, that's all I can answer that question, is that I hope that it's not some cheap ploy. I don't think it is, For at least for that reason. I think it's a cheap ploy because I think this is their way to give us the quote-unquote dream match that we missed out of. Oh, boy and that's Lesnar versus Lashley which again I said it last week I'll say it again I don't know who the fuck's dreaming of that shit but yeah. <laughs> it certainly it certainly ate me <clears throat> <laughs> Um, before I go before we go there's one last thing really quick I have to say WWE just um, just announced apparently or not an- I don't know if it was announced but it was leaked that they are now officially fining wrestlers. Oh, for thigh slapping. For thigh slapping. Yeah. Uh, first of all, what's your take on that? Uh, one, it's about damn time.
0: Okay. Uh, thigh slapping is one of those things that, like I talked about earlier with the women's match on AEW Dark. Yeah. It's a no-no. You don't. You don't need to do it. And, and for this one, you don't even have to be a, a, a wrestling fan to understand the physics behind hitting somebody. If you hit them properly, and what I mean by properly is in the right spot with the right amount of force, you're going to hear that. Okay? You don't have to recreate it with your fucking thigh. It's as simple as that. And it doesn't have to hurt. You just have to know where you're hitting them. Okay? Okay. Your body can absorb blows better in certain places than it can in others. With that in mind... That is something... The finding of the talent for thigh slapping... Should have happened a long time ago... Because it it just comes across as hokey now. Everybody fucking does it. And a lot of the times, there's no fucking reason that they do it. It's like that... Uh, do you ever see... Uh, like, we'll be watching wrestling no matter what promotion it is and you'll have someone roll somebody up for a pin and they're like pushing their feet on the mat like continuously to 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 make it look like the person being pinned is trying to struggle out of it only they're not doing shit except getting pinned yes i fucking hate that too yeah it's like what are you doing the person being pinned has to want to get out of the pin for you, or at least look that way, for you to fucking struggle like that.
1: Otherwise, why the fuck are you doing I it? I mean, should the other per- the person being pinned be you know, moving their feet, trying to get any kind of momentum to kick well, out? Well, I
0: understand why the person pinning does it. It's supposed to be done that way if you're trying to hold somebody down who's struggling against you. But what I'm saying is, more often than not, the person who's actually just laying there being pinned isn't doing any struggling they're just, well, like, they're just like oh you know okay yeah. one two i, I guess I'll i got keep, you know. i got you yeah so it's like it's so frustrating you're like what the fuck it makes no sense and so if you pay enough attention and you watch enough wrestling you'll see people thigh slap or slap their head or slap their back or slap so slap something and a lot of the times, it doesn't even make any fucking sense as to Smack why there's right. <laughs> it's like what the hell. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it, and it, I think it's long overdue, and I think it's something that should be done away with completely. You don't need if, if I, you know, uh, Arne Anderson said it, and I agree with him. If you hit somebody the right way, you don't need all that shit. Because you'll hit them, and it'll sound like you hit them hard, even though you're not. Simple as that.
1: So what you're saying is we just need better training.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. So QT Marshall can stay off TV. He can just train people. Someone needs to train QT Marshall (laughs) so that QT Marshall can train
0: (laughs) the other talent.
1: I I thought that was interesting. I thought that uh, that was an interesting take on... I'm pro wrestling. I, WWE is uh, kind of stepping in and and saying enough's enough of thigh slapping. It's,
0: it's gotten out of hand. I mean, you go back. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, there's over the years, there's been certain even high level performers like Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels notorious for fucking thigh slapping. But guess what? If you, if you're if you're doing your job in the ring and you're presenting not just your wrestling ability but the the story behind it and and you're getting people involved in the match they're not going to see shit like that and that's a big problem with a lot of the stuff we see today is everybody's doing the same shit. the the matches are, are for the most part forgettable they're run of the mill because everybody's doing the same shit. So yeah, you're going to notice when people thigh slap. You're going to notice when people just stand there hunched over waiting for someone to Canadian destroyer them. Yeah, you know, it's just like you can't help but notice because there ain't shit exciting happening. It's just more of the same.
1: I always wanted to to ask you this question. When it comes to uh, when it comes to. Thigh slap, not necessarily like thigh slapping, but a lot of that has to do with super kicks. Super like that's, that's a that's a fair point. That's a yeah. that's a big culprit of the thigh the thigh slap. Obviously, you know, you think of super kicks nowadays. A lot of people are gonna think of the Young Bucks and Super Kick Party. So you have a guy like Shawn Michaels, who finishing move was a Sweet Chin Music, aka Super Kick. Mm-hmm. We've seen wrestling moves get you know being used as finishers in one era and in the next era they're not Okay, (laughs) a lot of people who are Shawn Michaels fans hate the Young Bucks because they water down the super kick they they blame them for the sole reason of watering down the super kick is that a fair thing to do or you know, is it just one of those situations where, hey, past era, that was a finisher? Just, like, keep this in mind. What I mean by that, there used to be a time where a vertical suplex was a finisher.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I don't know anybody using a vertical suplex. That's not a jackhammer, by the way. All right. This is a regular vertical suplex, or not even a brain buster. But a regular vertical suplex as a finisher these days. So, is it one of those things that this wrestling has evolved? Or one of those things that just like it's just not its time. That at some point in the future, the super kick will be a finisher again. Or did the young bucks legit or wrestling today legit destroy what Shawn Michaels made popular?
0: In in any any sport, any any culture, anything that has a culture, culture has to evolve. And it will, whether you want to or not. Even if it, even if it becomes stagnant, mm-hmm. and the culture stops growing, then it, uh, essentially what happens is you have an anti-culture, okay, or a counterculture. I think counterculture is better. Um, this is no different in professional wrestling. I don't think you can sit there and blame the young bucks. I agree with that. yeah. Um, solely. Okay, but as far as, um, I guess in a roundabout way, what you're asking me is, should certain moves be protected?
1: I guess, yeah. Okay. And because, real quick here, I'll throw in the stunner. Remember Stone Cold had a major problem with Kevin Owens doing the springboard stunner, bitching about it on his podcast, And, and, and I do feel he was bitching about it because for somebody that is very much into the wrestling mind, he only had a. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're watching.
0: Uh, the, what is it? New, New South. New South Pro Wrestling. I'm not. You know, I'm not familiar with the um, <laughs> with the promotion at all. And this is the first time I've ever watched one of their shows. But whoever's in the ring right now, and I'm I'm assuming he's their heavyweight he's champ. The champ. Yeah. That is the largest <laughs> fucking heavyweight title I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. That's bigger than the fucking Flair's belt. That's like two of those belts. Yeah, that's...
1: <laughs>
0: it, it's like comically huge. <laughs> what in the hell did I just see? It's like wearing a fucking shield across his <laughs> belly. What the fuck? Okay. Alright, uh, back to what we were saying. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, we're back. Uh, I brought up the, the Stone Cold Stunner and he, how he if had a you, If
0: you it. go back to that episode of his podcast, he if you listen to his voice, and he's, he's joking with Kevin Owens, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, he's legitimately trying to tell him, like, don't be doing my shit if you don't know how to do it correctly. There's a science behind it. And Owens almost um arrogantly, like borderline arrogantly, responds like, I know what I'm doing. I've seen you do it a million times, like let me just do it. Sure. You know, yeah. I gotta have my own spin on it. And he's like, uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know? And he's right, because if you do go back, like obviously guys took it differently, like, you know, your Scott Halls and your rocks and all <laughs> that, but there is, if you listen to the way Stone Cold and, you know, what, I'll try to find the audio and, and plug it into the episode you, so we can all hear it. But, okay. Um, there's a certain he has it down to a science and he should because that was his finishing move. And,
1: Sorry, well, I keep laughing. I, nah, I that know. <laughs> it, the, that belt is
0: fucking huge. Good lord. Um, but yeah, here's my final answer with this whole thing. Uh, Do I believe Moves should be protected Uh, Yes and no Um, Are they Yes and no And if you need proof Go and look at Japanese wrestling Uh, Look at New Japan So you've got All their young boys They get to pick One finisher And they can't Use it in the match Until They're like Okay to use it Because they have To practice it Makes sense right Mm Mm-hmm. So you get these guys doing Boston Crabs to each other as a finishing move, and it gets sold in the ring like that's a finishing move. So there you go. If you take the time to um, put that as part of your culture and, and, and grow that idea that mm-hmm. this move is a finisher and it's, it's going to be utilized as such, then it happens. And it's successful Because guess what I don't know if you've ever been put into A, a Boston Crab Even uh-huh. a half ass one That yeah, shit hurts It hurts. It fucking hurts Especially as deep as they put yeah. it on. Exactly yeah. So you're not gonna sit here and tell me That oh that's a fucking old school wrestling move And it ain't shit No Go ahead Get someone to put you in one mm-hmm. And you tell me if you're not in any pain You know I think, and that's that's where I'm coming from. The super kick thing, obviously, Shawn Michaels made it made it something special. Sure,
1: yeah, but
0: it it can be argued that the Bucks are doing the same thing again when, especially when they have their super kick parties. There was one uh, Ring of Honor pay per view, I believe, it was from Chicago, where uh, I, it might have been the show where Adam Cole turned Bullet Club. Okay. So, they're fucking in the ring. Actually, yes. Yes, it was. They're in the ring uh, against their opponents. I forget who it was. But, um, they had Steve Carino on commentary. And, he was just like, I can't wait for the superkick party. Because, I know it's going to come. And, sure as shit, they start, you know, hauling off on somebody. And, he put up a fucking counter on the screen. <laughs> where it's like, one, two, three. That's you know? right. I remember that, yeah. And... You mean to tell me anybody who's a wrestling fan Sat there and watched that And didn't get something out of that entertainment wise You'd be lying to me You you really would Even if you thought it was a bunch of horse shit I bet you were smiling while you did it mm. Because it was It was fucking entertaining <laughs> You know And I'm not saying you should go out there every fucking match And do and that do it, right. But if you're going to use it in your match And you're going to use it a lot you better get it over because guess what that's what you're out there to do you're, you're there to get yourself over and that, that that doesn't just mean your persona or your character it means your moveset including your finisher whatever that may be whether it's Boston Crab or fucking One Winged Angel or what have you fucking DDT that's another move like it always comes up in these conversations like oh fucking DDT don't mean shit now only if you provide the culture for that to happen. If you cultivate that culture appropriately, mm-hmm. guess what?
1: It means the world. I think I think for our, our Patreon listeners, which again, we're going to have more information in the coming weeks. I think it would be an interesting conversation for us to go over some of these wrestling moves that uh, may or may now be... Like off limits. I mean, one of them that pops in my head all the time is is the tombstone piledriver off limits now because of the Undertaker, because it's certainly been used a lot. I mean, I, I know Okada, Okada uses, uses it, the yeah. tombstone, but Okada's still Japan, and in America, does that does that would th- would and, that be different?
0: Again, it's it's all about the culture, man. You know, American wrestling, everything's. Constantly evolving and and, mm. and all that and it's just like sometimes I wish they would just slow the fuck down. Like we don't need to do all this shit in a wrestling match for yeah. it to be entertaining. I don't need to see somebody try to execute fifty different moves in a wrestling match for it to be entertaining. And I and, and to be honest, I don't know who does other than small children. Because you're trying to keep their, right. you know? Yeah. You're trying to keep them um, enthused with what's going on. And I get that they don't always respond to old school wrestling. Right. You know, I used air quotes there. But um, for what is a food for thought, we were at a Ring of Honor show in like 08, 09, somewhere around there. And Rocky Romero was on the card. And he, he was a heel at the time. And there was a little girl. We were in the fourth row. There was a little girl in the third row sitting right in front of us. I mean a little girl. I would say like five, six years old. And Rocky Romero came out, and he was giving the fans a heap load of shit. To the point where he had a whole bunch of heat on him. People were like almost throwing shit in the ring at him. It was great. (laughs) And this little girl got up. She was with her mom and dad. And she stood on her chair and she goes, "Rocky, you got chicken legs," and we all just died. <laughs> and after that, the our entire section got the chance started chicken leg, chicken leg, <laughs> and he, Romero acknowledged, it and he's just like, "What? What the like? Fuck!" He he pretty much told her, "Fuck you," you know, <laughs> to to get more heat on him. And but the entire match like. Any time he was involved in 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 the ring, chicken leg, chicken leg, and at the end of the match he's leaving, and, and he just he got chicken legged out of the show, he did, and it was great. Perfect, yeah. Y- you know, and it, that that's that's the example I'm I'm trying to set here. You, if you cultivate that culture properly, it works. It'll always work, no matter what it yeah. is. Yes,
1: I know? agree. Uh, one other quick quick tidbit here. I thought you would you would find uh, you might find it a little entertaining. Is during the Revolution pay per view during Adam Page's match.
0: I forgot all about an Adam Page. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Who the fuck
1: is that guy anymore? Adam Page. Uh, he he defeated Matt Hardy, and he hit the his his springboard lariat or buckshot lariat as it's called. And Jim Ross had said that that's a lariat that would make Stan Hansen proud. And I and I and I, I smiled and chuckled a little bit because I was surprised that somebody like Jim Ross would say something like that. But you talk about something like a lariat, obviously we've seen some that have taken place outside of Stan Hansen.
0: Oh, that's that's another move that's, again, so simple, so basic. Mm-hmm. You would think, like, oh, that move ain't shit. It's not a finisher, but look, look, Okada has the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking lariat. It, that's huge in Japan. Right. Lariats in general, not just Okada's Rainmaker. And mm. it's always been a thing.
1: But for a guy like Adam Page, is that... I mean, that's obviously his finisher. Sure. It's been his finisher for a number of years now. Yeah, yeah. Is, is Jim Ross on something? Or, you know, because that particular lariat wasn't effective. I give a lot of credit or discredit in this case to Matt Hardy. I don't think he sold it very well. And, of course, like the Stone Cold Stunner, it's also going to be dependent on it takes two. who sells it. Yep. Right. So is that is, is that one of those situations where, like, that kid's never going to have a type of lariat to Stan Hansen? Or some, a lot of people love. I've, I've always been a fan of, of not of... of him but of of his clothesline Bradshaw I always thought he had a great clothesline or lariat like does he have something there or is he because I brought this up because he does the flip over is that too much or is that innovative enough to like it adds a new flair to an already great move
0: I think it adds a new flair to an already great move okay and it does set him apart and what what I will say you mentioned Bradshaw there's a big difference between Bradshaw and Adam Page here in in the way that Bradshaw would throw lariats hard and stiff because that's the way he worked. Yeah. And it was meant, that was his finisher. It was meant to fucking turn you you know, 180 degrees. It wasn't meant to knock you out of your boots because you're supposed to finish the match with it. I think Adam Page could learn a, a few things from that. And, you know, it, it sucks that we live in the day, day and age where it seems like working stiff is a horrible thing to do. But, again, if you, if you provide the, the criteria for it to work, it'll work. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not saying he's got to be stiff to get it over, but your opponent has to realize, like, hey, this is his finisher. If I'm losing the match to this, then I've got to fucking sell it. I've got to sell it appropriately. I don't want to say big time because there is such thing as overselling. So, yeah, but that's, that's, that's where we're at with this. And that's, that's a whole nother can of worms here.
1: Like, you know, there's a lot to talk about with this. And I really want to do a whole special when it comes to finishing moves and how it's evolved Things we can and cannot do. I think that'd be a really interesting conversation. And uh, for another time, because we're, we're going to wrap up here, another conversation that I would love to have—a a whole episode dedicated to a guy that we talked about in his in his super kick—and that's Shawn Michaels, because I've had a lot of conversations throughout this podcast when it comes to Shawn Michaels, and. Where he fits in today's culture, as far as if Shawn Michaels were to exist today. And I don't really want to open those can- that, that 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 conversation right now because there's a lot of things that I have to say about that particular situation, or that particular thing that's has already upset a lot of people. I'll leave it at that. I have nothing but respect for Shawn Michaels, and I'll leave it at that as well. So. <laughs> <coughs> Um, I can't wait to hear that shit <laughs> But but yeah I, I think that would be a great conversation to have Because the, the when it comes to the, the finishing move That's the one that gets brought up the most Is the super kick because of Everybody looks at Shawn Michaels As the greatest of all time Not I should say everybody but a lot of people a lot. Look at Shawn Michaels as the greatest of all time And those damn young bucks Are ruining his finishing move And that's <laughs> why I brought that up the way that I did but, uh, <laughs> ton, of, ton of great things to talk about in the upcoming, uh, upcoming weeks. Again, we do have a new website that's going to be launching, uh, hopefully by the end of this month, if not early April. Uh, I, I, I one thing that we're, we were going to talk about that I didn't get to, there's really not much to say. I'll just say real quick damn you, NBC, for launching the WWE network on your streaming service without it being ready. Um. Yeah. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Um. You're 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 having people move over to your your streaming service, and you're not gonna have everything available right away.
0: Uh, If I'm not mistaken, the only thing that will be ready in its entirety Mm -hmm. is WrestleManias. All the Mm -hmm. WrestleManias will be on there.
1: That's it. WrestleManias and 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 the Stone Cold podcasts, and that's that's really about it.
0: That's really about it. Yeah, everything else will be in waves, I guess. I mean, Um, but they're they're looking to have it all turned over by August.
1: By August, yeah. (laughs) Fuck. And we're in March. Yeah, we're in March. So Uh,
0: they are giving out, um, I believe it's a promo code, or or. A deal for new new signees to to the Peacock app, where it's like half price for four months at a time or something like that. Uh, we get, we'll have more information on that as it develops, but yeah, that's um,
1: that's shitty. Yeah, it really is. It's extremely shitty. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that that is going to be your place to watch WrestleMania as well as uh, God damn, look at that belt. That's a big ass belt, man. look up the new south championship whatever it is i don't know who the champion is but that is the biggest belt i've ever seen in professional wrestling absolutely huge um that's
0: like the monster truck of belts
1: that's that's bigger than texas size oh yeah
0: that's like super texas
1: (laughs) super texas (laughs) (laughs) It's like the episode of Family Guy where they have the devil and the super devil. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Good lord. What the fuck? That's gotta be like 50 pounds of gold. I tell you what, my bell's ringing at all you people's heads out there, boy.
1: Like it covers, he's got it around his, his shoulder. It covers up his whole, uh, his whole one side of his body. Of his body. <laughs>
0: Holy, it's like a fucking grill from a pickup truck. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch us on social media, facebook.com slash 20x20crew. We are on Instagram and Twitter, both with the handle at 20x20crew. Email us, 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being. Uh, again new website coming soon but in in the interim we are still available at 20x20crew.com where you can find all of our past episodes merch and the like patreon coming soon
1: youtube revamp coming soon
0: yeah i think that's about it right
1: yeah man a lot of great stuff um Thank you for everybody for, for taking the time and, and, and thank, listening thank to us. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, I know not everybody agrees with super us. Super Texas. A super texas size episode here. Um, also, too, I, my partner's mentioned it a few times now. Please go in and rate us. Yes, right? very important. Yes. Rate us. Whether you like thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever it is. Is it a star system? It is how, a star is system, it, unfortunately. I will. We would love five as many stars, stars, but yeah. you know, whatever. five stars
0: would be great. And uh, but uh, basically, just rate us. It helps us uh, get found on on all your favorite podcasting platforms, um, especially Amazon. Now we are on Amazon, so please rate us. Good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. Rate us and let us know. And and uh, thank you. Thank you again for listening. As always. Always, thank you for that. Even if you don't uh, agree with us, we love the discourse. I, I know mm-hmm. I do.
1: I do too. So yeah, thank you so much again for for another week. 113 episodes now in the books. Uh, as always, everybody, please be safe and smart out there. Wear a mask. Do what you gotta do, so we can get back into wrestling shows. That's what I want, man. I want. Yeah,
0: I want to go see this big belt in <laughs> person, though. Fuck. <laughs>
1: I want to go and chant chicken legs, Rocky marrow. Yes, person. that I want to do all of that. So do what do what we got to do. Fucking treat each other fucking kindly and be be respectful. There's so much chaos. We've Joe and I talk about before we start recording. It just th- this is very um, therapeutic from the regular world. You know, <laughs> it is. And, e- even though I'm just quote unquote bitching, you know, <laughs> it's therapeutic. Still, I mean you know because i even though i i I am very hypocritical on a lot of things professional wrestling being one of them i i still love it very much and you know i love fantasy booking and, and trying to correct them where they get things wrong um really hope that things like the you know forbidden door and all that stuff continue to get better or get better from what it is now and just you know whatever man i love professional wrestling i know you do too so again thank you so much for listening Uh, Until next week, everybody, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic. And until next time, we will see See you in the ring.